This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I hope you will plan to join me this year at Converge 19. Converge is the great conference put on by Conversant, the sponsor of this podcast, and it's in its fourth year bringing together some of the world's leading companies for two days of dynamic speakers, thought-provoking breakout sessions, and opportunities to connect with like-minded professionals. You will leave the conference with new resources and best practices, allowing you to continue the hard work of driving ethics to the center of your business. In this podcast, we visit with some of the upcoming speakers for Converge 19. Today, I have with me Jane Arnaud. She is an associate with the Institute of Business Ethics, and we discuss her presentation on risk mitigation through having a speak-up culture. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, I have with me Jane Arnott, hope that's right, uh, Associate at the Institute of Business Ethics in New Zealand. So, Jane, uh, first of all, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thanks so much, Tom. It's wonderful to be part of your program here. Uh, I have to uh, announce you're the first person from New Zealand I've ever had on any podcast. That's exciting. I hope <laughs> I um, live up to all the expectations. So, Jane, um, I was wondering if you could detail for us a little bit about your professional background and how you got to the Institute of Business Ethics. Thanks, Tom. Yes, well, it's been a very, very interesting journey. Um, You know, I think I've always had a real passion and desire to be ethical and to use values when I approach things, and that dates back, you know, some 20 27 years ago, I set up New Zealand's first cross-cultural consultancy representing Pacific Islanders. And I did that, Tom, because here we had a lot of lovely, beautiful people from Pacifica coming into New Zealand, and they weren't familiar with our English language, and I was a public relations manager at Telecom. And I noticed that we were bankrupting these families. So these were families from very humble villages, There wouldn't have been a telephone in the village. They would come to New Zealand. They would possibly, potentially end up in a state house or a rental. They'd sign the telephone contract and then wouldn't understand about the toll call regime. And there was one little family where they had run up a $50,000 phone bill because the little girl had been phoning the island and they'd been running around the island to get all her aunties and uncles, really rather, rather sweet. And the whole family came in and acknowledged they had made these phone calls and they were sorry, um, but Telecom bankrupted them. And I just thought that was the most unethical thing that could ever have happened. So I I sort of crusaded on, left Telecom, and ended up for six months just promoting the fact that we had to have translations, we had to have explanations, and we had to be honest in our dealings. So I, you know, little achievements were our largest city, Auckland City Council. I encouraged them to do their first ever translations in Nguyen, Cook Island, Māori, Samoan and Tongan. So that was a turning point in my life. So how did you get to your current position? Well, I continued to um, beat the drum about values. I continued to work in my corporate consulting, working alongside listed companies, and um, then moved into health. I did a postgrad in professional ethics, which I absolutely loved, wanted to continue, and decided or realised that there was no options in New Zealand. So I went to London 
And that was where I attended more courses and did training with the Institute of Business Ethics and met Philippa Fosterback, who is a magnificent, fantastic director. She has her OBE and CBE and persuaded Philippa to come to New Zealand. She did, which was brilliant. And that was 10 years ago. And it's uh, been history since then? Yes, it has. We've had a huge number of meetings. Philippa has this delightful expression that I frog march her through New Zealand as we meet regulators, MPs, listed companies, CEOs, audit and risk committees, people in culture. And um, and then I also organise a series of presentations. And now um, it's more likely that I'll do a lot of the presentations and training. And when Philippa comes, she often just deals at a chair level. If I could turn to your presentation at Converge 19, which is entitled Risk Mitigation Through Encouraging a Speak-Up Culture. Uh, there's a fair amount of uh, commentary, uh, people talking about this uh, a topic in the United States, but you're going to bring a little bit different perspective, more than simply being a New Zealander, but also looking at it from outside the United States with some of the country-based surveys that uh, IBE has done. Could you give us just a hint of uh, what you're going to bring to uh, Converge 19? Thanks, yes. So, well, we have a, a vast wealth of material that we have done in relation to these country-based surveys. And we're able to compare and contrast and, and sort of ben benchmark different countries and the way that employees look at, view and consider some of the, the universal issues around ethical behaviour and within, within a company context. So simple questions like how people feel about um, taking sick leave when they're not sick, um, questions around whether they think their company is honest, questions around do they um, trust their line manager. And some of the findings are just so insightful and also incredibly um, useful to anyone who needs to develop a business case for why there needs to be greater attention and, and more investment into the area of ethics. I mean, some of the findings are things like employees and organisations with an ethics programme are more likely to speak up about misconduct, 79% versus 32%. Or line managers and organisations with an ethics programme set a better example, 83% versus 38%. So some really statistically significant findings. And then you also get some interesting um, country dynamics coming through. For example, in the top three reasons why people who notice misconduct won't speak up about misconduct, the top three are typically, well, the top two are usually and typically um, concerned about jeopardising their job and not believing corrective action would be taken. But in London... The feeling is the third one is feeling it might not be any of their business to speak up. Whereas in New Zealand, the third one is this comment around, I didn't want to alienate myself from my colleagues. And, you know, these are really exciting things because what it sort of you can interpret in that, that in a small country, alienating yourself from your colleagues could have, could have quite damning consequences. But in a big, large, um, cosmopolitan city where people can become anonymous more quickly and where it can be more risky to get involved, 
the sense of um, the sense of feeling it was none of their business is 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 very understandable, isn't it? It's it's really quite interesting. So how are companies able to take some of the findings that you and the IBE have come up with and integrate them or, or perhaps use them as guidance going forward? Oh, well, there's a, there's a host of ways, and I'll just touch on some of them. What we've identified is that language can be really important. You know, you can't compel someone to speak up, but you can use language which tends to highlight and um, really clarify how important and beneficial it is to speak up. So using um, the storytelling around how we explain some of the consequences or outcomes of a speak up investigation and making those um, making that into a little useful case history. So continuing to reinforce and and um, talk about the benefits of speaking up, using language that is friendly and um, far more appealing to encourage someone to engage. I mean, we have examples of a major, major multinational who instead of calling their program, um, you know, Speak Up Now, they called it um, Talk to Betty. I'm sorry, Talk to Peggy. And, and it just managed to take away some of the barriers. It it normalised the the thoughts around, I just want to have a discussion about this because it's worrying me. But sometimes when you bring in a, a much heavier name, it can be intimidating. Another thing that we've done is that we've really worked to recognise how emotional the experience of talking up can be and how a person can be quite, again, intimidated, self-doubt, should I do this, should this not? So, IBE has developed an incredibly innovative app, and it's a it's a speak up app, and it's got several different um, stages that are identified. It's free to download. You can try it yourself if you want to. And but the app talks people through having a concern, how to prepare for a conversation, how to make a report, how to um, handle an investigation in terms of how they might feel and what might happen. You know, it, it's a it's a tool that helps prepare, calm, and clarify the process that they're about to go through. So we've tied this um, this app and all the thinking behind it with this wealth of insight and strategic information that we've gained with these country surveys, and we've brought it together. So it really is quite a powerful um, toolkit, if you like, about using insights and and then applying that to a technological scenario just to help companies develop their policies and to make them more um, user-friendly, I, I think you'd say. Well, Jane, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, uh, but I'm really looking forward to your presentation at Converge and looking forward to meeting you in person. Thank you so much, Tom, and thank you for reaching out to me over here in New Zealand. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you plan to join me for Converge 19. It's going to be a great conference, probably one of the top conferences of this year, both in terms of educational sessions, breakout sessions, and individual moderated conversations. I know you will enjoy it. I have a few discount codes available for complimentary passes to Converge 19. So if you're interested, please email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can find out more information about the conference on the show notes 
that accompany this podcast. 